Okay, so if you're in marriage counseling, you're trying everything to win your marriage back, you're just trying to figure stuff out, and nothing seems to be working, you're doing probably the wrong thing. So that's why I created my five-day challenge for men just like you who are on the cusp of separation or divorce. You're trying to figure stuff out. You don't know what to do. So look, in this five-day challenge, I'm going to help you gain clarity on what you need to be doing. I'm going to help you understand the pain that you're in and what you need to be doing about it, how to fix that. All of this in five days for just five bucks. That's right. Five-day challenge, five bucks. That's it. Get in. Do it now. Don't wait any longer. Get in right now. Do the work. It's easy. Every day you're going to get assignments. Every day you're going to get an action step to take so that you're moving forward and you're going to stop the paralysis that you're in right now where you don't know what to do. You're stuck. All that other stuff. It comes to an end today. Jump in right now. Five bucks. That's all it costs. Jump in today. Let's see on the other side. What's up, guys? Welcome to my early morning rant. Sorry, I decided to do this out of my morning workout. Uh, it's actually perfect ubiquitous timing because I saw a question in our Facebook group and I wanted to address it uh, using this format. I thought it was perfect. Um, it's a bit cold out, but that's okay. So the gentleman said, hey, I've been on the uh, market here for, for 20 years, uh, or I've been off the market, excuse me, for 20 years. How do I contend with that? Uh, how do I get back out on the dating world? And I, I wanted to address this in kind of two levels. Number one, you've heard me talk about the empowered man, uh, five-dimensional man, and one of those dimensions is you as a man. That's your internal and external world. So when I talk about external world, I'm talking about your physical body, I'm talking about what you put inside of your body, I'm talking about what you put on your body, and I'm talking about what you do with your body. That's the external world. So how you exercise, uh, what you eat, your food intake, um, and even what you put on your body in terms of clothes, etc. Internal world is essentially your uh, your mind, your mindset, your emotions, uh, your spiritual uh, habits, right? All of those are things that are in your internal world. So for you to become the most attractive version of yourself again, right? To, to attract the ideal woman or the ideal partner in your life, those two areas, both your internal and external world, have to have great focus. Now it can't have, uh, you can't focus on that more than you focus on yourself as a leader, producer, etc. But, 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 if you want to attract the next level person for your life, those are the two areas that you have to look at. So when I went back out in the dating world, um, I did not overly change my external world that much um, at the time. I was more focused on the internal world. For me, that was more of what I needed from a confidence perspective. My external world, I felt good about, and I didn't have any issues attracting uh, women. Um, you know, a lot of guys think that you have to have a certain look, you have to, you know, be six foot and have a six pack and all this other bullshit. And that's not true. Um, women are attracted to men who are confident and are leaders. Uh, you've probably heard me say this on the podcast before. Um, confidence to a woman is like catnip to a pussy. Uh, it's so true um, because they just love it when men are confident in who they are and their leadership ability and they flow from that place. And so for you to get back out in the dating market or just even in general to maybe attract your wife back, right? And you're kind of in that place, working on yourself externally and not just going to the gym and, you know, eating right for, cause you want to look good for her, but it's gotta be for you. It's got to be for you. The journey I'm on physically in my own physical transformation, um, is really about me, has nothing to do with anybody else, has nothing to do with my wife, has nothing to do with anybody else. Now, are there benefits? Absolutely. There are many benefits. Um, 
especially in the bedroom. But in ter- and then in terms of internal, my internal man, uh, again, it's for me. The changes I'm making internally are for me because I want more power, I want more confidence, and I want more freedom every day in my life. So to those of you who are, who are looking at this and going, how do I get that back? Number one, it's gotta be about creating habits that lead to external and internal success as a man. So again, you're creating habits around how you show up with your diet, with your nutrition, how you show up with your your exercise, right? There's not one person, I mean, I guess if you're disabled and you can't get out of a, you know, you, you like literally can't get out of a bed or, or you have a walker or whatever. You, I mean, even, the, I'm pretty sure they even have um, to suffer disabled people, but there's really no reason you can't start working out. And what I mean by working out, it don't have to be some big physical routine like you're lifting weights all the time and, and doing all this crazy stuff. I mean, just get out and walk. Just go for a walk. Just get out of your comfort zone and do something. And number two, in terms of fitness nutrition, find something that works for you. Find the thing that is going to help you uh, get in touch with what you like. Um, you know, there's all kinds of things out there. There's all kinds of apps even uh, that can help you with some of this stuff. But don't focus on that. Focus on the simple things. Um, I, I'm, uh, you know, a fan of the intermittent fasting. And so that's part of what I use in my, in my regimen. Um, I found that's worked for me. Um, I've also been on a plan with my doctor. And, um, you know, I use different biohormones, etc. That have all helped me in that. So look... If you want to become more attractive, it has nothing to do with what you look like. It has nothing to do with saying the right things to a girl to get her to love you or to want to be in bed with you. It has everything to do with how you show up as a man, who you are, who you want to be, and you'll win. So do that. All right, all right, all right. I'm in my new office. I don't know if you can tell, we got the new Empowered Man sign right there. And it's just the Empowered Man box right here. Little she button right here. Little bourbon down there for the bourbon moment. Anyways, I'm digging it. I like it. It's a new place, a little bit bigger than our last one. Uh, We're continuing to grow the team. And so we're excited about building that here in Phoenix, Arizona. So if you know anyone that's in Phoenix area and they're looking for a job that wants to work for Empowered Man, send them my way, please. Why don't you? You can have them email uh, support at empoweredman.co. Let them know. Hey, I'm looking for, for work. They want to be in the coaching or uh, maybe you want to be somebody who works in marketing or sales for us. Uh, I'd love to talk with you. Anyways, I know that was a little blurb. I didn't mean to go into all that, but I want to talk about some good shit today. We are talking about the lifestyle of ownership as a producer. Now, this is a new concept probably to some of you because you don't hear me talk about some of these things. You know, you've heard me talk about being a leader. You've heard me talk about being a man. You've heard me talk about being a husband. You've heard me talk about being a father, right? You've heard me talk about those things. What you haven't heard me talk about yet is you as a producer. What is a producer, Mark? Glad you asked that question. So a producer is a man who produces time, income, resources, assets for himself and his family. Himself. Himself and his family. That's right. So a producer is a man that does those types of things. A producer is you. You are a producer. You were put on this earth to produce, to reproduce and produce. You reproduce yourself into others. That's called mentorship and leadership. And you produce in the ground based on the seed you put into it. And we're going to talk about what those things are and how that is. And we're going to talk about ownership for that. So as you remember, we started this whole thing on the journey of 
the lifestyle of ownership as a husband, because that's where most of you are, where you're a husband and you're like, oh, I've been owning my shit, but have you really been owning your shit? Have you really been showing up and communicating like a leader? Have you really been doing those things? I'd love to hear from you. Uh, feel free to email again, uh, admin at empoweredman.co or support at, at empoweredman.co. Email us how this podcast has been impacting your life, whether or not it's been making a change. Uh, or if you want to complain, I guess you can complain too. We get those too. So when you think about ownership and you think about how you're owning yourself, owning your shit at home as a husband, you think about it, uh, how are you owning your shit as a father? Remember we talked about stepping up and doing things. I'm stepping up and being a coach for my kid. We're stepping up and making sure that I'm giving my children uh, the me time that they need, the, the individual time like I do with each of them individually, right? And then we switch gears and we start talking about you as a man, your external and your internal world. And if you just heard, I just talked a little bit about that in the five-minute rant, which really wasn't a rant today, actually. To be honest, it was kind of more like advice for guys that want to uh, date again. And I want to make sure, because this guy asked this question in the Facebook group, so you skipped it to get to the meat, go back and listen to it. And we talked about you know the internal external world and, and how to own your shit there because that's super important for how you show up as a man and how you feel about yourself, the confidence and power and freedom. And then we talked about leadership last week. We talked about leadership with yourself, with people, and with your future trajectory, right? We talked about all of those things because I want you to see that life, that ownership is a lifestyle. And that if you can understand that ownership is a lifestyle, what'll happen? It'll make you love your freedom. It'll make you actually enjoy life at a higher level, right? Because that's what I want you to do. That's why we named our program, our main core program, Thrive, because we want every man to thrive in every dimension of life. We want every man to thrive. We don't want you just to survive. We don't want you just to like be, to just exist. We want you to thrive in every dimension of life. So a man who has ownership, a man who takes ownership in everything, Extreme ownership even. Remember, we talked about the book, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. A man who takes extreme ownership isn't a man who's a victim. He's a man who's a victor, right? And I see this all the time. I, I spoke to a guy today who just really showed up in a lot of victim energy. And, and you know, he was complaining about not seeing this in our program and, and all these things. I said, man, who's, whose responsibility is it? You know, obviously our team, we, wanna, we wanna continuously get better. We wanna continuously, you know, make our program the best world-class program it can be. But at the end of the day, it's your responsibility to ask for help. It's your responsibility to get help. It's your responsibility to do the fucking work. And so we talk about you as a producer, we're talking about you doing the work that equates to money, that equates to time, that equates to resources, that equates to assets. Now, I'm not going to get into a bunch of financial stuff, but I will talk about money in that regard. I will talk about, you know, your mindset around money. Let's talk about that because some of you have broke mindsets. Some of you are not owning your shit when it comes to your finances. You're, you're not taking account for what is in your bank account. You're looking at your bank account and going, I'm just going to ignore that. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to think about it. Why? Because that's the safer thing to do in your mind. Because if you go, well, it's not real if I don't have to look at it. It's not real if I, don't have to, if I don't have to look at it every single day and know what's actually in there versus the reality of going into your bank account every single day going, that's in my bank account. And who's responsible for that? It's not Joe Biden. It's not Trump. 
It's not some other political leader. It's not your church. It's not your pastor. It's not God. It's nobody else but you. You are responsible for what is in your bank account. I am responsible for what is in my bank account. I am responsible for my wins and my losses. I'm responsible for when money comes in and when money comes out. It's nobody else's fault. It's nobody else's problem. It is mine. It is my responsibility. I know some of you hate that. You hate hearing that. And, you, and some of you probably turn off this podcast and give me a one star because you don't want to hear that you're responsible for the fact that you have wins and losses and you're responsible for all of those. Right? You don't want to take responsibility because that's what immature little boys do. You look at a little boy and you go, Johnny, no, why did you do that? He's going to blame somebody else. It's as old as Adam and Eve. God came to Adam in the garden and said, who told you you were naked? And he said, the woman did. Man, we've been blaming Eve for as long as mankind has been around. We've been blaming her. So when I go to a guy and go, how come you don't have any money in your bank account? Well, she spent it all. She took all my money and spent it. It's like, bro, what the heck are you talking about? Whose responsibility is it for you to have boundaries and to set up things that are, that are healthy for you and your family? If, if your wife has a problem with spending, get another account and put money in the account and say, honey, for the safety of our family, savings, et cetera, it is not safe. It is not wise for you to have access to this based upon your track record of spending money irrationally. Guys, I did that. I allowed my ex-wife to spend money frivolously. I would say, here's your budget. And she'd spend twice the much. I'm like, what? What, what is this? And until I decided I'm going to create another bank account that you do not have access to because you have proven that you are not wise and safe with that money, I created that boundary. And that boundary then gave me freedom. That boundary then gave me peace. It gave me the ability to go, I can be in control of the finances again. I do not have to be beholden to what my wife or soon-to-be ex-wife does because I'm now in charge of that. Now, there's certain things that you just can't control, right? But what you can control and where you can control That's what I want you to focus on. The next thing I want you to think about in terms of this producer mindset and and lifestyle ownership as a producer is the activities that you're doing. Too many of you at your job or at home or whatever, you're living in low-level activities. You're, You're doing things that have no value over your time. Here's what I mean by that. Instead of you doing activities that are going to be leverage activities that get you a high return, you do things that get you like no return. You spend hours scrolling Facebook or you know, if, you're, if you're an employer and you, you have a business to run, instead of hiring people to do the job, you do it yourself because you, you, have, no tr- you have trust issues and you can't trust employees. I used to be the same way. And, and the whole reason for that was I, I played, number one, I played small when I did this. But the whole reason was because I didn't want to be responsible for training someone because I, was in, I felt inadequate. I felt like I couldn't do it. And if I can't train this person, what good am I as a business owner? So, so it was easier to play small and go, well, I'm not going to train people. I'm just going to do it myself. And so by doing that, I didn't have leveraged activities. I didn't have high-level activities. So I was doing low-level activities that were not producing. And I was frustrated, like, I'm not making enough money. Why am I not making enough money? Oh, because I'm still doing low-level activities. Instead of doing high-level activities like developing my skill as a leader and a manager by hiring people, being, being willing to make mistakes, hiring people, those are high-level activities that I can do and partake in. 
that leads me to the next part, and that's it's a skill, right? It is a skill to do those things. And that's the, that's the third part of this piece that I want to talk about in terms of your ownership. You as a, as a producer should be developing skills. You should be developing skills for your business, for your trade, for your work, for your job. You should be developing skills that make you better and potentially make you more money. Well, you know, it's funny when you, when you're broke, you think that, well, rich people are bad. Rich people rip people off. Rich people do all these, all these things. And then when you become rich, you start to realize that what makes me rich is not because I've got a, you know, a master's degree in business. What, what makes me rich is not because I've got a college degree. What makes me rich is not because I had a rich father or any of those things. I had, I had none of that. I graduated college with a 2.2 GPA. And by the grace of God, got into a community college and then a regular college and worked my way and got my master's degree. And all of that happened because of hard fucking work. Nobody handed it to me on a platter. Nobody gave me dollars and said, here you go, son, work. There you go. You got it all taken care of. No, I had to work my ass off to get me there. And so all along the way, you develop skills to get you to those places instead of just waiting for it to happen. And as a producer, having a producer mindset means skill development, means developing your skill. So when we talk about lifestyle of ownership, when we talk about it as a producer, the first thing we need to look at is that money mindset is what kind of money mindset am I believing? What are the stories about money that I'm telling myself that I am believing? Because those stories are keeping me stuck where I am financially. If I ask a million, if I ask 10 guys on the street, hey man, how, how would you rate your financial situation? Probably most of them would say like a three or a four. Even rich guys would probably say the same thing. Some of you might ask me, I might say, ah, probably a three or four. Because I need to keep getting better. I want to continue to grow my money mindset. I'm continuously learning about investing. I'm continuously learning about business and, and, and different things that, that help me develop assets and create more assets for my family, for legacy, right? For all those things. And because I have, then I have goals attached to those. So how are you owning your shit when it comes to your money mindset? What books are you reading? What, what investments are you making? What are the things that you're doing with your time? What are the things you're doing with your financial resources that are allowing you to grow. For example, are you putting it into something that's going to grow? Are you putting your money into something that's going to grow? Are you taking a risk? And I'm not saying go out and flip houses, but I'm not saying even go get into crypto because most of you probably shouldn't be crypto. It's, it's, it's so up and down and you know, just, it's a whipsaw right now. Okay. But you can look for simple things that get simple returns so that your money is actively doing something. Your money is not just sitting there. Right? Money that just sits has nowhere to go. Money without a purpose will disappear and die. That's what happens to money because money needs a purpose. Money needs a plan. Money that doesn't have a plan or a purpose will disappear. It will go to somebody else's hands that has a plan and a purpose. It's just the law of how money works. It's simple. So when you look at yourself as a producer, how am I owning my shit when it comes to my money? We get guys all the time that get on the phone with us and they're like, man, I just, I love your program. I want to, I want to jump into your program. I want to do it. I want to do it. I just, I just, I just can't make the investment. Why? Well, because I don't, I don't have any money. Why don't you have any money? You're, you're a 34-year-old grown man. You're a 42-year-old grown man. Why don't you have the money to invest in this? Well, it's just been, you know, it's just been tight. We just paycheck to paycheck. Where's your savings? But, dude, what have you been saving your whole life? You're, you're 34, you're 42 years old. What have you been doing your whole life? Where's all your money at? You've been working since you're 18, 19 years old. Where's all your money at? Six packets of beers, cigarettes. Where's all your fucking money at? Right? You have to change that. 
Why? Because if you don't change that, you're going to constantly live check to check. And when you live check to check, you have, you have what? You have, you have no resources. Shit breaks down in your, in your car and you're fucked. You're fucked. Your transmission goes out. You're fucked. I remember the last time a transmission went out in my car. I was just, I just wrote a check. No big deal. Three grand, whatever, $3,500. I just got in this car four, four months before. It was a used car that I just purchased and I had to pay fucking $3,500. And then that same week, two days later, one of my tires goes out and it turns out I need all four new tires. It's a thousand bucks. I had to spend $4,500 in literally three days. Whereas years ago, that would have broke me. I'd have been like, there's no way I don't have that kind of money. But because I started to, I developed skills, I developed business, I developed better money mindsets, all of those things happened. And then when that happens, it, it doesn't affect me anymore. So I'm no longer stressed. I'm not, I'm not freaking out going, oh my God, what do I do? What do I do? How's this going to work? I don't have to live that way anymore. Because I've changed the way I live. The second thing, again, we talked about high value. When you think about how you're showing up in your work, in your job, in your business, are you doing high value activities? You know, well, I work for the man. I don't really need to do that. Yeah, but are you really getting fulfilled out of your job? Because if you're not, why are you there, number one? And number two, are there, are there activities you can be doing that are higher value that's going to help you excel in your company? Maybe you're a low-level manager and you haven't figured out how to get to the high level. I guarantee you, if you start thinking like higher-level people, you will get to that higher level. How do entrepreneurs become entrepreneurs? They start getting around usually other entrepreneurs who are making good money and they start to figure out there's a way to think about these things, not just money, but also business. And part of that has to do with activities. I see guys all the time that start businesses in the coaching space and they might take on three, four clients a month or whatever, and they'll never be able to grow the business to the size of what they want because they're stuck to this small model because they're doing low-level activities and they've never developed high-level activities that allow them to become multi-million dollar business owners. You go, well, I don't want to be a multi-million dollar business. Hey, that's fine for you. But even if you want to make more impact, right? So even think about your impact as a business owner, think about your impact as a producer in your job. Maybe you want, like, do you want to lead people? Maybe you want to become a manager, right? Maybe you want to be the best janitor in the world. Even janitors have high-level activities. It doesn't matter what you do. Are you owning your shit as a high-level producer doing high-level activities? As I told you guys during this whole series, in this whole series, we're going to be talking about ownership as a lifestyle, a lifestyle of ownership. And are you owning your shit in every dimension of life? That's why I laugh when guys say, oh, I own my shit, I own my shit. Yeah, bro, you own your shit in like one thing. But we're talking about a lifestyle because a man who is a owner, who owns his shit in every aspect of life is a free man. He is a man that does not um, bow down to fear. He is a man that says, you know what? I'm responsible for my wins and my losses. I'm not a victim. I'm a victor, no matter what happens. And even when shit is coming against you, even when it sucks, you've learned and you've understood this is the way it's got to be. And this is what I've got to do to move myself through from point A to point B. And then the third and final piece of that, again, is the skills. How are you showing up with skills? Are you developing those skills? Are you becoming a man who, is, who has skills that are higher level than what he's accustomed to? Maybe you need to learn how to be a better marketer. Maybe you need to learn how to be a better salesperson. I had to learn how to be a salesperson, a marketing manager, a sales manager, a Facebook ads guy. I had to learn how to, to, you know, to be a coach. I had to get better at all of these things. Even though I had natural tendencies towards those, each of them required something of me different than what I was accustomed to. Each of those take you to a higher level if you so choose to do that. So 
Are you showing up that way? Are you living a lifestyle of ownership as a producer who is producing at a high level for his family, for himself, for his future? Are you that guy or are you the guy that's sitting around making excuses and not living in the highest level capacity possible? Are you just wasting the skin and the breath that God gave you? Or are you actually tapping into something higher that you possibly could tap into? That's my question for you today. I want you to really think about that. Because think about the things that you are missing out on right now because you are not owning your shit as a producer. Think about what opportunities that you're missing out on because you're not investing in yourself. Think about the opportunity for your marriage because you're not investing in yourself. Think about the opportunity for you personally and, and your future in 10, 15, 20 years from now that you're not investing into personally. I remember the very first time I ever invested in coaching for myself and it was 10 grand, it was $9,800. And I was like, you know what? I, I finally had gotten to the place where this would hurt, but I'm worth it. This would hurt, but I'm worth it. And when a guy comes to that place and guys come like that all the time to thrive, and they go, man, this would hurt, but I'm worth it. I am worth it because I know what I will do with this training and this help and this coaching. And I know where I want to go with this. And I know the man I want to become. And I remember laying down that, that 10K and thinking to myself, oh my gosh, that's a lot. But you know what? I have every belief that I'm going to utilize this stuff I'm going to learn it and I'm going to use it. And, and after the, the first 12 weeks or so, I ended, up, I ended up doing another 40 grand or so with that particular company and invested $50,000. Now to me, that's like nothing. That's like, that's like chunk change for how much I invest now in different coaching and, and different consulting stuff for, for, our, for our programs and for our help. But that investment, it gave me back more than a tenfold. I, I can't, I've lost track of how much I've actually returned financially but also in mindset and in skills and in, in high level activities, because it, it helped me finally get outside of I'm, I'm too small. I, I, I don't know if I'm worth the investment. It finally got outside of that. It got me to a place of where I could be successful and where it's no longer I'm missing opportunities left and right because I don't have the money. You know, I'm not able to, to buy the things I want for my, for my kids or for my wife. I'm not able to do this. I'm not able to, you know, and we get so focused on all these negative things. And again, you don't have to be a business owner to be successful in, in the financial arena. And what we're talking about here is a producer. You can be successful as a producer. And I guarantee if you start doing high level activities, you develop your skills and you change your money mindset, even in your job, I can guarantee you that you're going to see increase. You're going to see, uh, you know, your, your employer want to give you a, a raise potentially, give you a, a new, new job. Why? Because employers love to promote people who come in with a attitude of, hey, I'm going to make this place better than I left it, better than I found it. I'm going to develop new skills. That's how I did it in my job. I learned Facebook ads on the job. I was at my company and I was doing email marketing and I said, hey, I would love to do Facebook ads. And they said, sure, go for it. They gave me a small test budget, started learning. I started reading and developing everything I could, digesting things. And I developed the skill on the job, which then helped me create a business that supplemented my income which then allowed me to actually leave my job and have a successful company as an advertiser before I even did Empowered Man. And, and that's where it came from. And, to, and then I leveraged those skills to start Empowered Man. So these skills that we develop become things of value. Um, and this is something I wanted to say earlier, and I, I totally forgot to say it, I'm saying it now, is, is that you are paid to the amount of value of the problem you solve. Right? It's, it has everything to do with the value you bring. So if you're solving small problems, you're going to get paid small. If you solve a big problem, you're going to get paid a lot more money because money follows value. 
Money follows value. The problems that you're solving in your job, I don't care what you do, look for ways to solve bigger problems. You find ways to solve bigger problems, you will automatically make bigger money. It's guaranteed. Absolutely. Guys, I hope this was good and enlightened for you. Uh, we don't usually get to talk about money very often on here, uh, but it's an important subject. It's an important thing for you as a producer because you're not just producing finances, you're producing wealth. And wealth is bigger than money. Wealth is long-term, lifelong, generational, potentially, beyond just money and capital and fiat and currency. It is a lifestyle. It is a mindset. It is a way of living and a way of seeing the world. And I want you to do that as a five-dimensional man, as a part of Empowered Man, to be in that, you know, with what we do and what we teach. So I hope this was helpful. Welcome to the Bourbon Moment. Join your host, M. Sizzle, J-Dub, and Mandrew as they sip on some bourbon and spit some truths. Welcome to the Bourbon Moment. K-Talk was right me the other day because he got the beer product that I use. And he was like, dude, my beard feels like smooth. I was like, yeah, because you're not using hair shampoo for your freaking beard anymore. He was using hair shampoo for his beard. Mm. I was like, Mm-mm. K-Talk, we don't do that. No, no, no. See, I, I wouldn't know because I don't use any type of shampoo on my <laughs> lack of beard. <laughs> if I ever grow a beard, I'll, I'll come to you guys. I'll be like, dude, what do I use? I actually don't use anything either. Really? Yeah. If I could get this to grow in, I would have a mean handlebar, like all business all the time. That would be great. If you come with your hair parted like that and then the handlebar would be like, next, who's the new coach? Next November. You just got to do it, bro. Next November. Just grow. Dude, it doesn't, it doesn't grow in right here. Not Maybe right. I just have to like massage it. <laughs> you just have to let it go. You just, just, just try it. You never know. It might come in. Yeah. My mom would hate it if I grew out a handlebar stash or any mustache. Do a full beard. I dude, even the full beard, like it's it gets to a certain point and then it just doesn't grow any longer. I honestly could not grow a beard until I was like 31. Like I had patches. That's where I'm at. Yeah. So there's hope for you, son. There's hope. There's there's hope for me. (laughs) Maybe in the future. Yeah. Right by the end of this year, I mean, maybe we'll look back on this video considering I just shaved yesterday, and maybe in the future I'll have a gnarly. It's a good five o'clock shower. That would be hilarious, <laughs> dude. I literally shaved like to the skin with like a bick and everything. It grows really fast, but then it doesn't get past a certain point. Yeah, I can't stand shaving. It's like my least favorite. So he does. I just have them do this every two weeks and let it grow out in between. There was yeah. a period when I got lined up frequently. I trim this about once every two weeks, but this area, uh, no. Yeah. Well, no, you keep it more. kind of bushy, so you kind of have to keep it somewhat trimmed. Yeah. Got it. Got well, it. I, this for me is ideal, but I can't keep it here, obviously, unless I did it like all the time. No. It's not hard. Just go get a wall razor. It's yeah. Little- I, can try and- I kind of suck at that. I'm trying to imagine you with just like baby face. Me? Uh, yeah, I'd want to call have, you like baby face killer. <laughs> it's kind of scary, actually. <laughs> you sent like, me a picture once. It was like one of your pictures, I think, when you were running for something. Uh, are you talking like about? It, oh, yeah, yeah. When I was running. Yeah. You sent, yeah. Yeah. 
Yep. County it's clean shaven, Mark. It's clean yeah. shaven. It was like cheesy smile. Yeah. Red tie. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Power tie. Huh? Yep. Power tie with the, the black suit. Yep. Dude, good time. That's a good photo. Then to now. Yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> it was almost like I was trying to be old when I was young. And now that I'm old, I'm trying to be young. It's like, that's the flip of it. That's what happens. Like as men, yeah, we, when I was, kind of, we all do that, right? Like we want to be older, and then when we get older, like fuck, I want to get younger again. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're all in TRT. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing like feeling like you're 18 again. Oh, dude, I literally, I was telling somebody like, between all those hormones and everything, I literally feel like I'm 23 again. Yeah, I, I legit do. Like my emotions, my my moods, everything. I'm 23 again. I legit feel 23. Yep. That's wild. I even see. Drink I, so, see, I up until today, I hadn't had a drink for like seventeen days, just unintentionally, because it's not something like that I do on the weekends or anything. Um, but on the terms and feeling how I do physically, I'm getting closer and closer to how I felt when I was younger. And for those that don't know, I'm 31 years old. Um, yeah, like yeah. anyone that listens to this, yeah, like yesterday. <laughs> Um, but it's crazy. Like as my levels get higher, it puts into perspective really how shitty I was feeling because mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, I've only gone up a hundred points right now. I'm in like the high three hundreds and I was much lower before, but just that hundred points that I've gone up in that it's like fucking night and day. It makes me intrigued to know what I'm going to feel like. Like, dude, I want to get to 1100. I want to steadily make my way up to 1100 yeah. and then just cruise. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what yeah. happens with that 90 days, right? Like with the new testosterone, look, you're taking mm-hmm. half a milliliter now, like I am, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's crazy how much it changes. What's crazy yeah. is when you come off of it and you start to feel functified. Because so what happened was I started running low right before my marriage, right before my, uh, my wedding. And when we got back, I was supposed to have my next visit. I had to get blood work before I get my next visit. I didn't have time for that. I had to get back running. We went to Disneyland. Like I still hadn't made blood work and I called them up. I was like, Hey, can I get in without the blood work? And they're like, no. So I'm like, fuck. So I have to get the blood work done. Well, it takes like two weeks for all that shit to happen. So then by the time I got to do it, well, meaning because I use a, a lab company, they come to me, they do the shot in the office and all this stuff. And by the time all that got done, it ended up being like six weeks of me basically being on like a pump every other day or so. And I dropped from 1500 down to 900 and man, was I feeling it. I was feeling lethargic. I was feeling like, Oh, why do you, I don't even want to go to the gym. I was just like, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I don't really want to do anything, but damn, once, <laughs> once I got back on, I'm like, let's go, let's go. Let's get this. Shit. Like, no, yeah. I, I said, Amy, I said, like, I'm back. <laughs> She's like, ah! <laughs> yes, I in the house somewhere. Your libido will go off the chain. If you struggle with it, with this, you will have this every day. Trust me. You will wake up with yeah. this every day. Yeah. You know, on that topic, um, something that one, one individual said to me at one point, he was like, and whether this is true or not, I'm sure there's some science somewhere if we peel away the layers that backs us up. But this guy said a good rule of thumb is if you're not waking up at least three to four times a week with an erection, it's probably a good indication that your T is low. Yeah. 
And it's crazy. When I heard that, I was like, man, that's fucking wild. No, I'm not having that happen. And now like, it's almost like, God, I wish I could sleep for longer. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up. Zai sitting next to you. Like, Oh yeah. Zai's up here, up here. Zai over here. Right. Up here. <laughs> up here. Dude. He's big. He's like 36 inches long now. Like he's giant. He's got some like, long limbs, man. Yeah. It's going to be freaking stretch. He also has a big head too. Like Joey. Dude, he does. He does. He has a 16 and a half inch head. It's a big head. Big brain. Sure. Right. Big eyes. <laughs> right. Man. Thanks for joining us on the Bourbon Moment. This is your host, M. Sizzle. I've got Mandrew and I got J Dub. And we are out. We'll see you next week. All right. Welcome to today's question from. I believe it's Ignacio Raskin. Hopefully I'm saying that right. He says, when do you know when you're asking for too much when setting your boundaries with your partner? This is a tough question. Uh, when you say too much, that can mean a lot. What I, what I would assume you're meaning, and only because I can't ask a clarifying question, is essentially how much is too much of a boundary? And what I usually find with men that say this, what they're saying is, how do I know if I'm being controlling or not? Because more than likely, he's probably saying, like, I want to set a boundary like she can't go out anymore. Or I want to set a boundary like, you know, she has to call me before she leaves work every single night. Those are not boundaries. Those are items of control or things that are meant to control. And this usually happens a lot of times when somebody's been cheated on or they suspect their wife is cheating. Um, a boundary is about this. It's like, what is okay for me and what is okay for you? Right? So if you say, I want to set a boundary around some of these things, but the real conversation needs to be held around, you know, what your concerns are, right? So bringing your concerns to your wife and essentially saying, hey, I have some concerns. Can we discuss them? You know, I've noticed that you're staying late at work a lot. I would like it if you came home from work by five o'clock every single night. Is that possible for you to do? That's making a request. You're not setting a boundary. You're making a request. And if she's like, well, no, I don't really want to do that. I'd say, okay, um, can I ask why? Let's have a deeper discussion, right? So it's better that you have a deeper discussion and understand what is really happening than just assume that she's cheating or assume that bad things are happening or whatever. And then beyond that, where it's like, you know, if you say, hey, I, would, I think it's fair for you to be home by seven o'clock every night and she doesn't do that. And you can say to her, hey, it's not okay for you to be home this late every single night uh, without giving me a call. I would like it if you'd give me a call. She doesn't have to comply. You can set a boundary without there being that natural, you know, that consequence of, well, if you don't call then I'm going to be mad at you, like that's manipulation. What you'd rather do is say, let's say the real, you know, say use dinner as a reason, right? If you're not home by seven, then you're unable to eat dinner with us as a family. And that would make me sad. Right? So you could say that you could say, if you're not home by seven, then you won't be able to eat dinner with the family. And that would make myself and the kids sad. And we'd like to have you home for dinner. She says, okay, okay, whatever, right? You're, you're looking for those compromises. And then if she does, you say, honey, you missed dinner with us. It, it makes me upset that you missed dinner with us. I was hoping that you'd be home on time for dinner tonight. And I feel very sad that you didn't make it home by then. Out of respect for me, do you think next time you could give me a call and let me know that you're going to be late? 
like talking to her that way is way better than just like, oh, you can't be late. Oh, you can't, you can't not show up. Oh, you can't do this. Oh, you can't do that. Right. Because that's all just all these you can't and it's all control. It's all manipulation. That is not boundaries. Boundaries have everything to do with what's okay for me and what's okay for you and coming to a compromise on, on some of those things. Hopefully that helps.